have the ability to take all your taxes in the US. And as long as you don't have anything that's generated profit wise, you have so many more depreciation things that you can do in the US that you can't do in Canada. So once you've done them in the US, you're bringing back nothing to Canada. This is the naked truth about real estate investing. Your host, Javier, has already been through all the brain damage of this business, so you don't have to go through it. That way, you're not exposed to all of the risk of losing your shirt or getting caught with your pants down. So let's dive into another no BS episode right now. Hello, everybody. I'm Javier Nojo, your host of the Naked Truth about real estate investing. And today I got Quentin D'Souza. He's in Canada, right outside somewhere around Toronto. And I actually got a book from him uh, in the mail. I got here on time right before the uh, podcast interview. And we'll talk about this here in a little bit. So Quentin's got a lot of history in, um, in real estate. He's been investing since 2004. He's done some coaching. He's got like, I don't know, something like 50 degrees or something like that. I don't know, but he's got a whole bunch of master's degrees. He likes the Burr method, right? Which is kind of the, um, you buy, you fix, you finance, you rent. Well, even if it's a Burr or not the Burr method, but ideally it would be the Burr method. It'd be nice, but he's definitely, um, he's got a lot of experience in real estate in general. So before I, um, I continue. I'm just going to have him say a little bit about his uh, background because I could literally talk for 25 minutes everything he's done. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. I've got three degrees, not 50, but three. And I, I do have a master's. I was a teacher for about 20 years before I started dabbling in real estate. And then finally, in 2008, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start doing this. And then by about uh, 2013, 2014, I was created enough cash flow for my real estate business to, to leave teaching. And so in 2014, I, I left teaching and I, I've been focusing on, on real estate ever since. I've been building a portfolio of assets. Uh, we're up to, with this latest acquisition, we'll be up to 80 million in assets. After I stopped doing coaching in January, I focused on my real estate and doubled my real estate portfolio in the last six months, as opposed to like what I had been doing prior to, let's say the last you know eight years. And uh, it's kind of crazy, but it's just all about the focus that I was able to, to give to it and the scale now that I have. So um, it's been a wild ride and I love real estate and I think everybody should be invested in real estate. I, it's just, there's so much information and access out there. It's really about taking action and finding somebody who can like just act as a, a mentor or a guide. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a person. It could be a podcast. It could be a book, you know, whatever that is to you. And and then you should go out and do it, right? I love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm yeah, biased. <laughs> yeah, you said something about um, you know, you stopped coaching in the uh, beginning of this year, you know, which you could say was another job or another, you know, kind of another stream of income. And it's funny how when you stop doing something that and you focus on something else, whatever it would have been, right? You could have said, Hey, I want to I want to start playing the piano. I guarantee you it got a lot better, right? If you gave it all the time and energy. I got a buddy who just quit his job, he's making good money as like a banker in the banking business. I think he had like a hundred rental houses in 13 years. And like this year, he'll double that, like just because he quit. You know, it's been six months, right? He'll double that because he pretty much quit his job and now he's focusing full time. So that's definitely key. So when you say you were coaching your students, what was one of the biggest things that you taught your students about, right? Like, was it mindset? I mean, what was the, kind of the first step? Well, yeah, mindset is really important, but it was really about the planning. So there's a lot of talk about mindset without some tools that help you with the planning of that. So we would often start off with you like, what, what's your 10 year goals? And not just like financial goals, but like physical goals, 
like, you know, all the different components that make, make you, you know, writing out those 10 year goals, kind of like either as a, a vision board or a letter to yourself from the future or something like that. And then kind of hammer down on what are your big whys? So like, why are you doing this? Is it time freedom? Is it financial freedom? Is it like location freedom? Is it thought freedom, right? You want to be able to make all the decisions. So like, you know, you got to figure that out. And then we would focus on coming, bringing that down to a three-year goals in those areas. And then uh, basically I don't do annual planning. I think it's like a waste of time. I start off with a three-year goal and I do 90-day quarterly goals. And that's all we focus on is uh, those quarterly goals. Those quarterly goals are, are, I actually have right up to the side of my desk here. I have uh, three focuses for the quarter, the result that I'm looking for, and then the three actions that are required in order to get that result. And then I have uh, three areas that I always focus on my real estate portfolio, which is finding properties, funding properties, and financing properties. So I'm always working on that every week. I do a quarterly challenge. What were, what were those three things you work on every week again? So finding properties, funding properties, and financing properties. Okay. Yeah. So I, I also do a quarterly challenge for myself. Like every quarter I'm, I'm doing something that takes me out of my comfort zone. And when I say that, it's like the feeling you get when you're on a roller coaster and you know, your stomach kind of goes funny. That's the kind of thing you got to do, right? Some, for me in the past, it's been like running a marathon. Or, you know, public speaking to a thousand people. Or this quarter, it's actually closing on uh, 202 units, right? It's a, <laughs> that, that's something big that I haven't done before. And it really kind of scary getting in there, but I'm doing it, right? Delegating. So early goals, I have delegation goals. I have system and process goals. I have personal development goals, centers of influence goals. And those are people, specific names of people who can help me achieve my priorities for the quarter. I want to develop relationships with them. So I want to identify who those people are who have already done what I want to do. And they, they don't have to be 20 years ahead of me. They can be one or two years ahead of me. And I want to develop relationships with them more than just like uh, an email. I want to go out for dinner or lunch. I want to call them and see how they're doing. I want to do those sort of things, right? And then uh, every quarter I'm looking at like the net worth, what it is. And then I look at my cycle or circle of life kind of uh, diagram. I don't know if you've seen that. Tony Robbins used that a lot where you have the different quarters or you broke, break up the circle into it's more than quarters, like one eighth piece. And then you have uh, finances, physical, mental, all of those broken down. And then you rate yourself from one to 10 and you can see what your life looks like in all those areas in a circle. And, you know, let's say your health isn't doing really well, you put it at one, but your finances as well as a 10, and you can kind of visually see that out. So that's the kind of type of I do quarterly. And then weekly, I actually have a weekly plan that I use that is again, real estate focused. I have my week laid out for me, the three priorities that I'm focusing on this week that are attached to my quarterly plan, what I do this week that takes me out of my comfort zone. And it's it's mostly a procrastinating thing. So what have I been procrastinating on? I label it and I usually do it on the Monday morning. So I'll, I'll say this week it was dealing with some some passive investors that I've been putting off. Monday morning came and went and I talked to them, dealt with the issue and, but it was, it was a little uncomfortable, but it was, that's something I do every week. And again, finding funding financing, I've got that labeled out and it's connecting out to my quarterly goal. 
as well as I have a few other things in there, but all I'm doing is I'm taking my three year goal and I'm putting it, you know, part of it into what I'm working on this quarter. And then I bring it down to the week, right? What I'm doing this week. Yeah. So th- th- super cool. We could probably talk an hour on all those subjects, but I like the way you kind of put it together, right? Say, so, hey, I start with like a, what's my big picture, right? And then you kind of work it all the way down to your quarterly, to your weekly, kind of like every step that you do, right? Is going to take you to that three-year goal or that um, whatever big goal you have, right? So that's, it's kind of like a, like, I don't know, like a fun, I don't know. It's just organized that way. So every day, every action you take every day, it's going to get you to where you want to be, right? Your, your, your goal down the road. So Yeah, that's right. And you can share it with like, I have a, an assistant and a VA that work with me too. So I can share with them what I'm, what I'm focused on. And you can have other people, which is supercharges you, right? It helps to focus you on, on what you need yeah. to get done because you have other people that are, are looking out for you. And then I have a, another gentleman who's a real estate investor and uh, he's my accountability partner. So every you know Monday morning at eleven, we go over our priorities from last week and the priorities from that we're going to do this week. And I'm just telling him this is what my plans are this week. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And then I, I'm telling him this is what my priorities or my priorities were last week, and this is what I finished. And if you have priorities that you haven't finished, you do not want to keep telling your accountability partner that you didn't finish it. So yeah. If, because you you know you just look bad and you don't, you don't want to do that. It actually motivates you to complete those priorities that you set for yourself that week. And you know he's he's actually in Panama. He's not even in the country, right? Like so, it's a uh, it's an interesting. Uh, like I've known him for a while, but again, we just are accountability partners to each other. And now he's even in a different space. He was in the real estate space, and now he's in the crypto space. But you know whatever, right? Like we're just trying to keep ourselves going and, and push ourselves. So yeah. That, that- Cool. That's super cool. Uh, one of the things you talked about was kind of writing down your goals, like what is holding you back? What do you see yourself in the future, right? I guess you call it like a, like a vision board uh, mm-hmm. in a way. So it's pretty neat because I have the, the teens this week for me for the, uh, the teen millionaire challenge. We had Robert, Robert Allen out here. He's the author of the One Minute Millionaire and he's, um, he's written a lot of books and he's a lot about mindset and real estate. And he had the kids, uh, we got some 14 by 14 or 12 by 12 pieces of board and they all wrote down like, where they want to see themselves and you know what's holding them back and they all karate chopped them right like karate chop it was pretty cool right some people write it in a piece of paper and they burn it you know whatever it is right everybody we had 18 19 kids karate chop their board and we got it all on video it was super cool you just feel like hey i'm, I'm getting something done like that's the big a big a big step yeah um, it's the, so, and it's the physical like coming to the like it's it's more than that too right it's like you're taking something that's mental making it into something physical and then destroying it like it's got that like real world connection and you know i i've I've learned a lot too like I've been in different coaching programs like a strategic coach with Dan yeah. Sullivan. i don't you know I've been part of yep. that pro coach i I'm part of the entrepreneur organization so like i've uh, I've been a member for I think five years now and that, that's been a great place to to learn from other people and all of those things that I did or all of those you know helped to form what I've learned and and what works for me as a real estate investor so that's what I put together in the book but that's the yeah. you know that's all part of it right so I know you talked a lot, a lot about planning things like that and uh, right before we started recording this you were talking about um, your book. Right, you don't do coaching anymore, but, but you pretty much got, you know, all your planning, like you said earlier, right? All the planning. If ever anybody was taking notes, I didn't say anything. Go ahead, I wanted you to take notes, but make it. I love easy buttons. You know, I love like an easy button I can just push. You want an easy button? You can go on Amazon, 
right? And it's, it's called the action, the action takers, real estate investing planner. So it's just, it's just got everything that he's talking about. A lot of plans. Why don't you talk about that book? Um, I don't yeah. say Amazon. It's kind of an easy button. So for you guys. Yeah. I mean, I used to charge, uh, like I'd have four, uh, one-on-one clients. I used to charge $1,500 a month for one hour a week with them. I used to have uh, 12, uh, group coaching clients. I would meet with them once every two weeks for about two hours. And I had 12 of them charge them 750 bucks. It was a very lucrative on top of all my, my other income sources. But, you know, at the beginning of January, I decided to kind of, I was feeling that it was, I was spending a lot of time doing it. And so, um, I decided to move away. Away from that and just focus on my portfolio. And uh, what I did was I put all of the templates into the book that I, the action taker real estate planner. So half the book is around mindset and how to use the planner. And the other half of the book is the the planning templates themselves. So it's the ones that I use. I have in my, um, right beside my desk actually. And like, I've got the weekly planner and the quarterly planner there and and I've got a vision board. I actually use my screen background as my vision board. So I see it every, uh, every day. I just have it. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it just depends on what you, what you want to do. But the templates that I put in there are all the things that I've used that have helped me, like how to track net worth, how to track multiple streams of income, where you are in your like uh, your growth of your real estate portfolio. Are you in the growth phase? Are you in the defend phase of your real estate business? Where you are, what you do. I've got some balance sheets in there. I've got how to work on the different roadblocks, how to develop that the why statements that can help you and can uh, give you those mantras that you use every day to help build your portfolio. Like one of the ones that I have, I actually just made like a, like a desktop and it's a never, ever, ever, ever give up. Right. And it's just something that it's one of those things, a personality trait that I have that if I, if I get a no, I'll just keep working on a different way to get a yes. Sure. Right. I just try to figure it out every dealing with tenants, dealing with inspectors, dealing with the town, dealing with brokers, dealing with the lenders, like all of that. Right. So it's, it's trying to figure out how do you get to where, where you need to go. And those are just some of the pieces that I've learned and I've put together in that, in the book. And, um, like I said, I've got to this point now where I just want to giving back and writing a book like this is something that I can leave to my kids too. So I've got a 14 and 17 year old, which is, it's, it's awesome to have those, those young minds and I do what I can to shape them, but I also want to leave them a bit of a roadmap. So I feel like this is like a, a mindset and planning roadmap for them and that they can use to, to build a portfolio if they want, like if they want an $80 million portfolio, then that's something that I want to help them to do. And that's, this is a book that'll help them to do it. That's, that's super cool. I have your uh, link tree. Basically, that, that is is uh, it's a link that's, that sends everybody to all your other links, right? Like your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, LinkedIn. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Your book, your book on Amazon. There's a link in there. There's a yeah. lot of stuff in there. So I'll make sure that's in the show, show notes for everybody who wants to connect with Quentin. So awesome. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. So I want to just take a cu- couple of minutes. And I know you said you had three things on your wall there, right? It was uh, was uh, finding. Actually, I actually want to go back before I go that. You talked about the quarter challenge. Like kind of something that gets you out of a comfort zone. I'm a terrible dancer. Like I get like embarrassed dancing in front of people. So I have, I'm going to speak in front of probably 500, a thousand real estate folks in uh, September in Cancun. I'm going to play some music and I'm going to come out dancing to the stage. So that's my, that's my goal for my quarterly. (laughs) So now that I said it publicly, now I got to do it. So for me, that's like a big fear, right? I'd rather speak in my underwear in front of people. I I can do that all day long. Not a big deal. But anyways, uh, so that's like my quarter challenge. 
But I want to go back real quick to when you're talking about uh, funding and financing deals. So right now, tell me where you're doing most of your, is, it, is in Canada and then US? I know the market's super tight right now. So let's talk about finding deals and let's talk about this deal you found, your biggest portfolio. Yeah, it was actually a broker that reached out to me. So it was something that having a good reputation in the area and having a lot of deals going on, we were contacted and uh, it was basically, hey, this is uh, an opportunity. It's not listed. And then they actually invited a few other people to bid on this, but it was all internal, right? It was a yeah. pocket listing. And what was it? Is it apartment building or a single uh, seven, seven apartment buildings. Seven apartment buildings. Cool. Yeah. So like 30 units, 40 units, 48 units, 24, right? To make up 202 units, each separately titled. So when we're raising funds for the property, we're just raising funds for each building individually. It made it a little bit easier for the capital raise. It was like a $8 million raise for the portfolio. But um, that was another thing that took me out of my comfort zone. But the raise or finding the property, it was really about having the good relationships with the brokers, talking to a lot of other people and, and making it happen. That's all. It's awesome. Super cool. All yeah. right. So another cool thing that I took from you was uh, the fact that you have your vision board in the back in your background. I'm going to do something like that. I got a big goal in, in my life and uh, hopefully my wife doesn't uh, hear this podcast, but I want to take uh, Jessica, uh, not just, well, Jessica Alba or Scarlett Johansson on a dinner date at some point in my life. So I'm going to put a picture of one of them up here and another one at the bottom. I'm going to put a table, put a picture on me on this side. So I always look at it in the background because it's got to happen at some point, you know? So that's, that's my vision board. So I'm not normal, Quentin. I'm just not, I'm not normal. I don't think, I don't think like everybody else. <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's uh, what makes the world uh, move forward, man. Uh, anyways, uh, so you're out in Canada. I know you invest in Canada and the U.S., correct? Both places? That's right. Yeah. Right? And, but, uh, and so yeah. for, for those Canadian investors that want to invest in the U.S., I know it's a lot of details in there, but just kind of explain to them, how do they do it? Because I have a lot of Canadian friends that want to invest in the U.S. And I'm like, I've never, I've never done it before. Yeah. So there's a few things that you, th this would be like, we could do this for half an hour on its own. But like, so simply there's, there's a few different ways to do it. One is like the way that I've done it is I have a, a limited partnership, right? So I created a limited partnership in, in the U S my GPLP structure of that limited partnership. My GP is a LLC that I control and own, but that GP component is 0.5% ownership of the LP. And the other 99.5% of the LP is owned by myself or my corporation directly. Okay. And in that way, it gives me the liability protection and it gives me control of the assets because I buy it in the LP. But then I um, tax wise, because the thing that you want to watch out for is double taxation. You want to avoid being taxed in the US and then being taxed in Canada on the same dollar. So the way that it works when you when you structure it like this as an LP, you have the ability to take all your taxes in the US. And as long as you don't have anything that's generated profit-wise, you have so many more depreciation things that you can do in the US that you can't do in Canada. So once you've done them in the US, you're bringing back nothing to Canada. And that, that's where it makes sense. There are other ways to do it. There are like S-Corps and I've experimented, like I've, I've talked to different people to do it. There's uh, not so nice ways of doing it, which is kind of like getting a Nevada Corp or, you know, something like that. You know, the tax evasion ways of doing it. I don't want to promote that, but like there are lots of different ways. Talk to an accountant, talk yeah. to your lawyer, especially in Canada, you can talk to somebody who has dual experience with both sides. 
And if you if they want to reach out to me, I can connect them to some lawyer or uh, an account that can help them. For sure. Cool. So what are you looking for right now? What can my audience do for you? Um, is there anything particular you're looking for right now that you need or, or where are you at right now in your business? Yeah. I, I mean, if people want to reach out to me on uh, Instagram, QMANREI, and that would be like something that they can do to, to learn. Um, yeah, and, and it's Q like, Q like Quebec and then man, yeah. like a man, woman. Yeah. REI. So QMANREI. Okay, That's you. right. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate that. Um, so I was asked this question. There's, we're almost done with our with our interview, but I was asked this question. There's two things that we're going to do. But the first one is, what is the uh, biggest mistake that you made in real estate, right? And uh, how could you have avoided that? Partnering with the wrong person. Oh, man, I so, hear that all the time. Yeah, it's somebody who had a like a short term flipping type mindset, and I had a long term hold mindset. And they saw the profit off of the project, and they wanted to take the money now. So I had to come up with $25,000 in order to buy them out of a project. And it was like a month-long project. And I was like, wow, well, like, it was one of the first partners that I had ever taken on. And, and I learned after that to do a really a much better job at interviewing my potential partner to figure out whether we're aligned uh, goal-wise and, um, and that sort of thing. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. All right, Quentin. So this brings me to the, my favorite part, actually, of the interview. So I have a roulette. It's called the Naked Truth Roulette. And I'm going to ask you three random questions. Uh, the Naked Truth Roulette. It's, got, it's just personal. It's got nothing to do with business. We're going to ask them away, okay? So you ready? Yes. All right, let's roll. So question number one. All right, if you could be a hero or a villain for one day, what would you pick? Well, I would probably be a hero. And okay. uh, should I, like, which hero? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what kind of hero oh. would you be? Iron Man for sure, man. Oh, Iron Man for sure. Awesome, awesome. Cool. All right. So Hero and Iron Man. Let's go with question number two. All right. How do you feel about putting pineapple on your pizza? Oh, we invented it in Canada, man. It's the Hawaiian pizza. It came from Canada. Really? I, I, yes, it did. I didn't well, know look, that. Look up the history. I figured it come from Hawaii, right? Hawaiian no pizza. way, man. It was that's a, a it's Ontario like, thing. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I gotta I gotta Fact check that. All right, cool. All right, so yeah. so I guess it's a yes for you. That's it. Yeah, it is. All it's right. okay. That's my favorite. My son, my oldest son's favorite pizza. All right, cool, awesome. All right, last question for Quentin here on the Naked Truth Roulette. Been pretty pretty easy questions here, but uh, let's see what we got. All right, if you had the world's attention for thirty seconds, what would you say? Oh, I would say um, I would say. Keep your eggs in one basket and watch the basket well, right? That quote, that's what I would say. I, stop listening to everybody to diversify out the wazoo and learn something really well. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. So, uh, uh, Quentin, you survived the, uh, the Naked Truth Roulette. Woo! Awesome. Hey, so uh, you know what's funny that you said about the eggs in one basket? I was talking about that last week and um, you know how people say, hey, let's diversify eggs in one basket. Everybody was like 50-50. It was so crazy, right? At the end of the day, right, it comes down to like your personality, right? I guess your investment personality, how you want to do it. But uh, I'll definitely put my eggs in one basket if anybody wants to know and just watch it really, really well. So yeah, I would definitely you. do that. I'm a little more of a risk taker. So <laughs> Quentin, I appreciate your time and coming on the show. Everybody, don't forget about the book on Amazon. It's super cool. I, I looked through it. I got it this morning. I went to the mail this morning, actually, and I'm glad I did because I got it. I looked through it. A lot of cool stuff. Help you plan out your visions, kind of plan out your business, kind of plan out a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it's really neat. Like, even if you're starting out, even if you're not starting out, people that listen to this podcast have a lot of experience, but it's just nice to go back and 
just kind of like, you know, take another look at your business. You know, you should do that. Actually, you should actually do that every once in a while if you haven't done it in a while. Quentin, any last words before we uh, wrap this up? The thing is, uh, I wanted to thank you for having me on here. I really enjoy your podcast. So it's a pleasure to, to be on here and, uh, you know, give a little bit back. So it's really cool. Thanks for having me. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media, the Teen Millionaire Challenge. I'm your host, Javier. Don't lose your shirt. Time consuming. It can be very scary. It can be like a, trying to get somewhere without a roadmap. So that's why I created this due diligence list when I buy a property. When I buy an apartment building or even a mobile home park, you can use it for mostly pretty much any commercial property. But this one specifically is for a multifamily. It could be a six unit. It could be a 600 unit. You can use it for what you like. So go ahead and sign up, put your name, email. I'll send you the free link to my due diligence. This is what I've used to buy hundreds and hundreds of units, if not thousands of units. So sign up, you'll get my link. Uh, you get an Excel sheet as well. And also we use the software, project management software, monday.com. Feel free to sign up for a free trial. I do have an affiliate link. You don't pay any extra. They just pay me a small fee. Don't have to use it. You have the Excel spreadsheet, but if you use monday.com, it's actually a lot better, a lot smoother, a lot prettier, and you can do a whole bunch of other stuff. There's even a video there I created in the link. So check the link, sign up, and this is my giveaway for you guys. Thank you so much. Take care. This has been The Naked Truth. Our mission is to give it to you raw. If you got value from this episode, you're invited to leave an honest written review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. 